0: Hey guys, going to get right into it today. There's a movie that I've been wanting to talk about for some time, and I just saw one of my uh, favorite YouTube channels do a feature on it, and that was the Movie Fights question about the casting the Watchmen. So, as per usual, I rewatched it because I absolutely love that movie. Top ten favorite movies of all time, I'd say. And the graphic novel, which I have on my shelf right now, is fantastic, but... I have an opinion to share and that's that I think the film is way better at uh conveying the original message and idea of the source material. I think the graphic novel is great. It's extremely richly detailed. All the characters are given much more filling out and much more depth and background. And there's a lot of internal character monologues and thoughts that aren't really apparent in the movie, and they're <clears throat> especially clear on the page. But for two reasons, I think the film is way superior. And I've, I've shown both to people, and, and depending on how you, or in what order, I really think people are usually in agreement that the film's fantastic, but there's this notion that the written one is, always has to be better. But number one is combat. Combat in a comics, I mean, I, I read that constantly, I mean, a lot of C words here, but constant combat and com <laughs> constant comic combat. I already fucked it up. So Batman comics, fifty percent of them on average, are fighting. I mean, I like a good thirty, thirty, well, 33-33-33 of like detective work, Justice League collaboration, and visceral Batman action, but that's just me. <clears throat> and a lot of them sort of um Tommy me- or who's the Tom Lee the Grant Morrison artist that always works with him—name is eluding me right now So I jump from the battle bus. But um, some comics are much more just punching and panel by panel of fighting. And the cool thing about *The Watchmen* is it's like that, and it's great. But the movie has taken it to so much greater of a level. So you have that Zack Snyder 300-esque brutal slow motion combat where a, you know punches are thrown and it's slowed down and you see the impact and the results it's very cool and combat on the screen will always be superior to combat on the page written or visualized i mean i'm an avid reader and especially comic book reader but you can't you can't have a fight scene in a movie compared to one that's in a book just because what you can do is so much greater on the screen and it's just <laughs> so much more satisfying to watch but that's just reason number one. I think reason two, The Watchman, has a better ending in the movie. I said it. The Watchman ending, in the comic books, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, for this substantially old enough book, but still. There's a large, destructive, uh, we always called it a squid monster, and my group of friends, the squid monster shows up and, and wreaks the havoc that the end of the movie brings. And in the film, uh, Ozymandias, or Ozymandias has maneuvered Dr. Manhattan to... He's exploited him, and he's built technology that can emulate his uh, unique and mildly radioactive abilities. And so he is the catalyst of this destruction, and the destruction is a lot more in the minds of people in the zeitgeist it's that you know explosive bomb in the city center that would flatten these major cities i think that the way that's done is so much more powerful and so much more visually effective the original um squid monster would not have played well on the screen it would have been hilarious and if it wasn't hilarious it was scary it would just be something i'd want to see in like a monster fight movie I think the way that they made it to do with Dr. Manhattan intrinsically, and I think that the way that Rorschach and and Night Owl have to face the truth of what's happened at the end is such a fantastic scene. So, yes, I do think the movie's better. I like the comic, but I want to talk about the movie. The movie's so good. I had a deep fascination with it when I first saw it, and uh, I remember seeing it multiple times in theaters. And when I had first seen all the casting and everything, I remember being so skeptical, and I remember walking out just so amazed. I had begun to cosplay as the comedian for like three, two years after that, because it was just so cool. Uh, the person I was with at the time and I made like a full-on costume, and I had like steel shoulders, and I used my uh, Tipman uh, what was it, M Bravo 1 rifle, I think that's right. It's like a paintball rifle, it looks like an M16 it was great. I loved it, man. I was on like the Space Network for an interview because it was like they're like, "Wow, that's real metal. It's super uncomfortable." I'm like, "Thank you." Or something similar to that. So, the comedian was for me like that entry point of a character that's very cool on the screen and obviously a terrible person. I mean, if you're young, you don't really pick up on that fully, but when you understand the gravity of the movie and what he goes through and how he reacts to it almost before everybody else, you have this deeper understanding of him as a character and this uh, realization that you were wrong and you know there is there's humanity there and he was a lot more perceptive and and aware of what was happening than uh, often everybody else um yeah it, you can make the argument he met an unjust end but i mean you especially if you pick up on what's implied or if you read i have the um for Watchmen, comedian, and something else. They come in pairs, and my friend got me the uh, comedian for my birthday, and I think someone else is stuck in there, but a good read. But you find he's done terrible things. So it's an interesting character. I think that the split, the human sort of internal struggle with that, that beast, that sort of Locke or Hobbesian argument of... of how human we really are and how savage and primal, I think the comedian just brings a very fascinating light and uh, take on all that. He's sort of a willing, active military participant killing lots of people and then killing civilians as well and even more than that. And But then you see the remorse and you see, you know, the, the motivations and I'm not in any way, shape, or form defending or saying if he was real, he'd be a good person. I just, I enjoy a complicated character. I think it's very, that's the most challenging writing to do is to make something compelling and and fascinating despite being technically not a real person. So, I think it's very good. Um, Ozymandias, or, I never can decide on how to, Ozymandias or the other way around, but very cool. I mean, arguably, again, without getting... To um, grim, you can make the argument he's not even really a villain, but he is the villain in the movie. As you find out, spoiler at the end, he's been orchestrating this whole long-term scheme. But my only complaint was, you see him fight once, and it is probably the coolest, most satisfying fight scene when he takes on Night Owl and Rorschach in his, like, fortress of Egyptian solitude. But it's... Extremely cool. He moves way fast, and he's able to just lay up people with extreme speed, and it's very cool. I mean, earlier he kind of stops, slash causes that assassination attempt, and you get a glimpse of it. But he's a character that was really cool. In in the comic book, He you don't get that same awe with him. He, his costume's a little campy, and he's kind of a little bit too much of a villain, and it kind of came across a little bit more obvious, I think, but the film does a, a, an extremely cool job of building that mystery, and you really feel, at the end of it, surprised, and if you look at it in... I mean, it's the whole Thanos argument. There's definitely a way to look at it, academically speaking, and say what he did makes sense. He maybe went about it what you know, whichever way you want to say, but Um, he stopped a nuclear war that would have destroyed most of the world and it's interesting when he asks Dr. Manhattan um, his take on that because he's sort of this extremely wise um, scientifically and cosmically gifted being who can sense beyond what we can sense and he's like without condemning or condoning like I understand like so you've the most technically the most intelligent person and the most detached and also intelligent person can say that. So, I mean, I like that about The Watchmen. The the movie specifically has that ending where the bad stuff happened, I guess everybody has to cover up about it, and they live with the lie, but it's a better world that they built from it, and I think that's a very powerful, albeit mixed, message. But it's great. They throw in that little um, Watchmen Easter egg at the end, too, if I remember. Um, the comic, the Squid Monster, just didn't doesn't really play for me. Um, I would love to see it one day in like some sort of Tales of the Black Freighter collab movie thing that has references. I'd love to see that beast on screen, but just the idea of rolling it out at the end of the the Watchmen movie that we've seen seems a little silly. Um, I did hear that they're making or Netflix has got some access to make a, a Watchmen product of some kind. Uh, I'd be interested because I loved it, I loved the the title, the stable of characters. I had uh, some reservations because I think a lot of it is so specific to the characters that if we have new ones or generationally removed versions of them, might kind of lose something, but I think it's definitely a, a property I'm excited they're exploring. There's a scene in it, I just wanted to make sure I had this before I forgot, I sort of said the two problems I have with the comic v the movie, I want to say just two straight up fantastic parts of the movie, and uh, when I mentioned I dressed up as the comedian, it was one hundred percent because there was a scene when he's on um, Archie, the night owl flying hovership thing, and they're intercepting a riot, and it's that like quintessential comedian scene where I'm Your Boogeyman plays by, I think it's Casey and the Sunshine Band, and he responds to a slowly escalating riot, and he just pulls out like his gun, and, and there's some <clears throat> debate as to whether he uses beanbag bullets, or sorry, rubber bullets, because he mentioned something about it at the beginning, but it's a bit um, garbled. It's sort of hard to hear him over the crowd. But he's either wounding or most likely killing. I mean, even uh, rubber bullets at that distance civilians just laying people up protesters and the crowd scatters and he does his job and he just destroys like anyone fighting him and he and night owl have this this confrontation because night was like oh this is getting heavy and he you know he's all troubled over or what they're doing and he's like what happened in the american dream and comedian hits him with that line you know what happened to the american dream it came true you're looking at it and he just murks this guy with a tear gas uh grenade launched capsule but it shows you that that Difference in that some of these characters, we can't just talk about them like we, you know, supers need to go. Like there are ones like Night Owl who really do want to help, and then there's people like the comedian who are so detached from their humanity that he's like, oh, we may as well just like fuck up as much stuff as I can. They're passing a new bill that bans masks, like, and that's why you're gonna (laughs) just kill as many people in the meantime. I think uh, the riot-busting scene and the very first scene in the movie, and I'm not just saying Comedians' uh, death fight, the intro included into that, like the first opening act in the movie, is one of the best, I'd say top five intros to a movie of all time. I love it so much. It has that timeless Bob Dylan Times They Are Change in Song. It is just it hits close to home, whatever your home or your circumstance is. It makes you think about the times, about what it puts you in place of a movie that is is, you know, looking back and reflecting on on the retro components and 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 the near history that its subject matter is about. It really puts you in that mood to think back and and look at that time period. It goes from happy and positive and and inspiring to just tragic and sad and, and kind of tainted with bloodshed by the end of it and there's just this perfect encapsulation of everything that this Watchmen movie is. It's amazing and there's great people but there's this darkness and this grittiness and a soundtrack for the whole movie. I mean you have Simon and Garfunkel and you have all along the watchtower when uh, they show up in the Arctic. It's just amazing but it, it tells you that from the beginning with this song and that The comedian getting beaten to unforgettable, especially as he gets smashed into that painting of Silk Spectre on the wall, will always stay with me, too. It's really uh, just a jump right into the action way to start the movie, and the more you learn about the comedian, the more you just see him in this situation. You have to wonder who's able to do this, and you're always looking for clues, but they've done a great job hiding the identity. But what's even more entertaining is when you watch it again, knowing that it's still... It's still a great scene. So, Yeah, guys. Watchmen is awesome. I definitely just uh, recommend you give it that old rewatch. And if you haven't seen it, I don't know how that's possible, but try to see it. (laughs) It's very good. Um, I'm just turning on Fortnite for a little bit. It's, I think, like two or three days before the new season starts. There's been a lot of speculation and depending on how involved or how balls deep into some YouTube slash Reddit stuff there is, you can really figure out or, or make some educated guesses as to what's coming. And this morning, it blew my mind. I look at uh, the w- daily, whatever, the weekly news thing that pops up in the menu, and there's like a inscribed, ornate, runic axe, kind of Norse-looking, that's tapping on the shatter in the dimension line or the rift line in the sky, whatever it is a lot of theories. It blew my mind. I've been playing, like, non-stop God of War constantly. Um, by the way, eight out of eight Valkyries dead, but that Valkyrie Queen is just the worst part of any video game ever, so I'm still uh, whittling away at that. But, yeah, look looked like the fucking Leviathan Axe, and I don't know. I'm, <laughs> that's just an extremely improbable and Um, convenient crossover for for my sake, but I don't really think that's what it is. But I wonder if there's some sort of Vikings or Norse theme or a melee theme or even just like a Giants theme because you got to wonder, like, is that to scale? Is the axe actually hovering outside of it and it's sky-sized? I don't know. Speculation's running rampant. So we will have to look and see and uh, I'll probably leave it there for now, guys. Trying to make another up soon, but have a good one. See you later.